In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Be seated. Who among us doesn't enjoy watching a magician at work? It's as if reality bends itself according to his desires. With a word or a signal at just the right moment, things happen. And it's as though the laws of reason and physics are suspended. The people in our gospel text today seem to think of Jesus as a magician. Lay your hand on him, they said. Use your power and heal him. They were like Naaman visiting the prophet Elisha in ancient Israel. Naaman had leprosy, and he wanted the prophet to come and wave his hand over the spot and heal him. This people had heard about Jesus' signs, and they wanted another one. They wanted the magic. They wanted the show. They wanted the performance. So they brought to Jesus a deaf man who couldn't speak properly. They wanted to see how Jesus does his healing work. Now, in one way, they did want something good. They wanted the man healed, but they wanted it in a way of their own choosing. They thought that Jesus was a magician, but there's a difference between a magician and Jesus. Now, magic looks like control. It looks like authority over creation. But magic is really more like manipulation, like knowing which word to say or which lever to pull. What looks like magic is really just someone who has a certain knowledge about the world that you don't. And the trouble with magic is that if you pull that lever or say those words and things happen just as you knew they would, you aren't really the one in control. You didn't design the system, so you don't know what other levers you might be pulling, what other effects your actions might have. And often, when it comes to this magic, rather than you being the master of the system, the system is mastering you. Those who mess with the occult find themselves controlled. That's what makes it so dangerous. But back to our text. When the crowd of pagans looks at Jesus, they think that he has the secret knowledge to manipulate reality. By using the right word, he can cast out a demon or calm a storm or even feed the multitudes. He has a power that they don't understand. And they'd really, really like to see a bit more of it. But when Jesus heals this deaf man, he takes the man aside. 
he doesn't want this, he won't permit this healing to become a performance. This work that Jesus is doing isn't for them to see. And when Jesus had healed the deaf man, they marveled. Jesus has the power. He can do all the tricks. Nothing is too hard for him. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And so that's why, after Jesus does this work, that he tells them to be quiet. He knows that if they simply speak about Jesus, the miracle worker, then that's all that people will look for. They will seek out the worker of miracles, but they will not listen for the gospel. They will look for the show and not for the death and resurrection of the Son of God. They will look for the performance and the right kind of music, but they won't seek out the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting. They will speak of Jesus, the master of signs, but they will not speak of Jesus, the dire for sins. But what this crowd doesn't know is that Jesus isn't a magician. He doesn't use magic. Jesus isn't using the right incantation to manipulate the world into doing what he wants. Jesus is the Lord of the creation. He is its creator. And he will also be its redeemer in his time and in his own way. So Jesus wants this pagan, unorthodox preaching silenced. He wants those Gentiles to be quiet. But the more he charged them to tell no one, the more their zeal increased. Jesus' command to be silent didn't make any sense to them. So they ignored what he said. Who wouldn't witness to seeing those kinds of tricks? Although Jesus says to be quiet, it was as though they were deaf to his words. They didn't want to hear Jesus. They only wanted to see his miracles. They couldn't hear Jesus tell them to be quiet because they couldn't even imagine a Messiah who wouldn't want his miracles set on display, all lined up like trophies in a case. They were convinced that Jesus couldn't possibly mean what he had said, and they couldn't make sense of his timing either. Jesus said to be quiet, so they spoke all the more. In this, they spoke wrongly. Now, what they said wasn't false, but it wasn't the fullness of truth either. And we all know how dangerous a half-truth can be. Notice the structure of their speech. Jesus does everything well. He can even make the deaf hear and the mute speak. It is to them as though the highest and best thing that Jesus has come to do is to open stop ears 
and unloose stock tongues as though nothing could possibly be better than that. So they don't speak according to Jesus' words. They didn't speak as he had instructed them. Their kind of preaching would only bring confusion about who Jesus is and what he came to do. They would only make his mission even more difficult. Now yes, in all likelihood, this preaching could lead people to Jesus. But those would be hearers who would be seeking Jesus for his miracles. And when Jesus doesn't deliver what they want, they'll walk away. It's like when Jesus feeds the crowds in John 6 at the feeding of the 5,000. And when they don't like what Jesus has to say, they leave. When the thing that attracted someone to church turns out not to be the church's main message, he's going to head for the door. What brings someone to church is what will keep them in church. If someone comes just because he likes the friendly atmosphere, he will leave at the first sign of conflict. If it's just for the music, he'll leave when he hears better music somewhere else. If someone comes just because this is where his friends are, well, when his friends depart, he'll leave too. If someone comes just because Jesus is promised to work miracles and give him the good life, well, when life gets hard, he's gone. But this isn't really what Jesus wants. Jesus wants people to come to his church because he is in his church giving out the benefits of his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. But perhaps we look at the unbeliever, someone who has never heard, never believed, even someone like the unbelievers in our text who can't seem to hear God's word. And we think, God's word would never make any sense to this person. And so then it's easy to think that we need to use something else. We need to use magic of a sort. We need to manipulate him to believe, showing him our kindness and, and goodwill and how church is a wonderful place full of wonderful people. Then maybe he'll pull his fingers out of his ears just long enough to hear the gospel. But this doesn't work. Manipulation never converted anyone. There is only one thing that can open the ears of the spiritually deaf, that can soften the hardened heart, that can bring faith. It is only Christ's gospel and all those things that we think might convert someone besides God's word, without the fullness of God's word, their ears will never be opened. Just, 
And so just as on the one hand, Jesus wanted the pagan crowd to be silent, on the other hand, he desires that those in his church speak of him rightly. Now, this man who had been deaf with an impediment of speech, he now speaks plainly, or as the Greek says, he speaks orthos. He now has straight speech, which means that before all this, his speech was crooked. He could neither hear nor articulate the truth, and thus he spoke wrongly. So when Jesus took the man aside, he spoke to him, saying, Aphatha, that is, be opened. Jesus spoke to the man's dead ears, and they obey. By Jesus' own creative word, those ears are opened, and thus opened to hear the voice of Jesus. The man now speaks the truth that he had heard. This man's healing is a picture for us of what it means to become a Christian. Without God's word, man's ears are closed to God and his word. Without God's word, you have no faith. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot say that Jesus is Lord. But to become a Christian means that Jesus has come to you and unclogged your ears opened your heart, unstuck your tongue to hear, to believe, to speak. And when your ears and your mouth have been opened by Christ himself, then you also speak as the formerly deaf man does now. You speak rightly and correctly. You speak orthos. This saving work is no trick of a magician. It is the salvific work of the Almighty God come to redeem his creation. By his word, Jesus is delivering the fruits of his cross. Jesus hasn't come as the great magician. Jesus has come as the restorer of the creation, the savior of man. Jesus doesn't bring anyone into his kingdom by magic. He does so by his word. In fact, that's how each one of you were brought into his kingdom. Each one of you were brought to Jesus, and he took you aside from the crowd of pagans and brought you to his baptismal font, where he saved you. He commanded Aphatha, be opened to your ears and your heart and your mouth. And thus you hear his word and you believe and speak rightly. In fact, that's even what you prayed for this morning. You said that it's only by God's gift that his people offer him true service. Only by the gift of God do you say what is true. So you asked God to give you a steadfast life in him, that you would finally attain heavenly glory, that you would finally be with him in his kingdom. And he has granted this truth to you, 
which you now open your mouth and speak. Lord willing, we will also hear this good confession from those who come to join our congregation this day. They will open their mouths and rightly speak the truth of God's word. Jesus has given you ears to hear, and by the word of his gospel, he has opened them to his word. Although the crowd in today's text spoke incompletely about Jesus' work, something in what they say points you to the death and resurrection of Jesus for you. For the people proclaim, he does all things well. All things. Jesus not only heals well, he preaches well. For he preaches the truth. He dies well because his death covers all sin. He rises from the grave well because he lives never to die again. He ascends into heaven and sends his spirit well because he takes the authority granted to him by his father and he sends his spirit to you by his word. By his word, he unstops your spiritual ears well. He loosens your tongue to sing his praises well. It is why you pray, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Only he can open your lips to speak what is true. And he does this, and he does it well. Day after day, by his word and gift, he takes ears and heart and life that are closed to him, and he opens them, enabling you to speak rightly. And so thus you can declare joyfully in faith each day, Jesus does all things well. You can say this to your family and friends and neighbors, Jesus does all things well. And in saying this, you speak rightly. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.